Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Flip Flops and People Ops. I'm your host, Christy Hoffman, and this is the show that helps you turn your company into a great place to work. How do we do that? We drive engagement. How do we do that? We deliver a better employee experience. That's why I'm bringing you today's episode. We're going to talk about the difference between employee engagement, employee experience, and employee satisfaction, because they're not the same. And I had a feeling we needed to clear this up and we will probably always need to clear this up. This might be my annual episode that's like, just so you know, we need to know what we're talking about here. My LinkedIn feed is filled with people using these terms synonymously and they sound innocent enough. They sound very similar. Let's deliver a better employee experience. I want to drive engagement. Here's to driving employee satisfaction through the roof this year. That's great. And I love that for you. But that's like saying I'm the baker, I'm the chef, and I'm the waiter. And how is your restaurant doing? Because how are you possibly all three? To see if I needed to make this episode, I posted on LinkedIn. I said, did you all know that satisfaction, experience, and engagement are not the same? And in the first day, I got so much engagement where people were like, I didn't know this, or I'm so glad you're talking about this because everybody is getting it mixed up and we need to make sure we're saying the right things. So after you listen to this episode, you're going to be clear on what's the difference, when to use them, why, and have a better idea of how to talk to your CEO about budget, headcount, and your lack of bandwidth. You'll be able to use these terms and actually even catch your CEO or whoever's saying experience, engagement, or satisfaction and say, "Ah, I love what you're saying, but actually what you mean to say is this. It's going to position you as someone who really knows their stuff because you do and help you sleep at night knowing that you have your strategy down. And it begins with the foundational ABCs of HR. So let's begin with what is the difference between these three very similar but different terms. Employee experience is the journey. From the moment an employee finds and applies for your job description, all the way through to farewell. It's all the little mini moments that unfold as they are associated with your company. How was your job description written? Was it compelling? Was it clear? How long was the interview process? Were they good interviews? Did people repeat themselves? Was the candidate confused on next steps? Was their offer clear? Were they excited? Did their manager reach out to them and say, we're so excited? Did their computer arrive on time? Did they feel welcome? Was onboarding a confusing labyrinth maze of chaos? What's the vibe on the team? Do meetings wander? Is there no agenda? How do they prepare? How do they feel? How boring is the all hands? How mind numbing are the outdated processes? How does the manager handle the brilliant jerk in the meetings that is like palpable? Everyone on the team is like, uh, is this person really allowed to exist in this way? This stinks. Does the employee know the values? Do they believe in them? The mission, the vision, are they compelling? Are they bought in? Do they know who to reach out to when they have certain questions? Do they have the right tools? Get it? It's a lot. This is the biggest part. Put a pin in it. We'll come back to it. But employee experience is the most critical part for you to get. Employee satisfaction is how happy an employee is with their pay, their work-life balance, your perks. Think about this as reasonable hours, book club, your Grubhub gift cards, free yoga, gym reimbursements. Those things are like sprinkles on a cake. You don't need them, but they make things better. Employee satisfaction is an employee saying, yeah, this company is good. This company does things to go above and beyond the average company. And they feel satisfied or content choosing you as their employer. Employee engagement is a measure of how emotionally invested an employee is with your company. 
It's their level of enthusiasm. It's, it's if they're willing to go above and beyond after hours, not that they should, but they will because dang it, they're going to make this company succeed. They believe in the company. They are driven by passion and they care genuinely about the company making it. So you can remember it more simply like this. Employee experience is the journey. Employee satisfaction is the mood. Employee engagement is the drive. And that's where I feel like we're falling short sometimes because we're not being clear on what we're saying, because sometimes we don't understand what we're saying. And that's okay. That's why you're listening to this episode. Everyone wants to drive engagement. You're on the hook to do it. Your job requires you to create an engaged workforce because your CEOs like tapping their foot. Like, I get it. We hired you to do payroll, 401k, all the benefits, hiring, firing, employee growth, compensation, planning the company holiday party, but like drive engagement already. We all have these posts and these questions and we're like, it's so hard to drive engagement. Yeah, that's because you're focused on what you get. If you're looking at the output of something, but you haven't put the input in, we need to go backwards and we need to focus on the beginning. We need to find and fix the broken moments of our employee experience. That's why I talk so much about surveys and one-on-ones. The employee journey for one person at your company is very nuanced, messy, tricky business rooted in psychology and things that are unfolding on a team that you would have no way of knowing unless you asked your employees the basics of Gallup's framework of, are you engaged? What do you need? I have many other episodes on best practices of what surveys to send, but employee experience finding and fixing those broken moments of just one employee. That's a tall order. You're layering on many employees who join at different times, come from different backgrounds, report to different managers, have different dynamics on a team, are held accountable to different KPIs. Personalities alone, it's like a tangled knot of human psychology. But that's where the magical work is done to give you an engaged workforce. And yes, employee satisfaction is somewhere mixed in there. It is cool to have a book club and Grubhub gift cards and celebrate Silly Hat Day, Cat Day, Taco Tuesday, Pancake Day. My daughter was like, Mom, you know it's Pancake Day, right? It was like 10 minutes before we needed to leave for school. And I was like, what? Are you expecting a pancake right now? Because Mommy does not have time. But had I known, sure, I would have made her a pancake if that would have made her happy, satisfied. But I can't skip the whole part of being her parent. And when she has a bad day, being like, hey, are you okay? What's going on? And she's like, I'm fine. Like, well, okay, you don't seem fine. Is there anything you want to talk about? And then you slowly get to the thing of the thing that's really bothering her. That's like the experience of what it's like to live in my house. Pancake day is cool. But if I don't do the hard part of making sure that her experience living in my house with me as her parent is decent, then pancakes fall flat. So if when my daughter's an adult, I ask her, hey, was I a good mom? She'd be like, no, thanks for the pancake. But where were you when I needed you? Where were you on my toughest days? Why didn't you help me? I had to do everything myself. I had to figure it out. You weren't there. That's how employees feel. If you just focus on satisfaction, where they need you is in the nitty gritty, tough day to day. I have a bully. I have a hard time with routine. I'm feeling stressed about how to get my homework done. I don't feel like I have any friends. Those are all literally like potential employee problem statements. Don't throw Grubhub gift cards at your employees and expect them to think that you're incredible. Although I know your intention is good. I'm not saying you're bad in this scenario. It's an easy, honest mistake. 
Kids don't need pancakes. They need hugs and support. They need to feel emotionally and literally supported throughout their childhood. Your employees need to feel emotionally and literally supported throughout their employee experience. You do that by making sure managers are well-trained, that you understand what a day in the life is like and how you can make it better across teams. And some of you reach out to me on LinkedIn and you say, I don't get it. I'm putting in all this energy and work into setting up this book club, but no one comes and no one reads the book. I put together this virtual whatever hour and nobody's paying attention and people don't really want to go and people still quit and no one's really paying attention. It's not working. And I'm like, I know that all does sound like a lot of work, but the sprinkles on a cake don't matter if you don't bake the cake. The sprinkles are employee satisfaction. It's cool to get gift cards. Great. Awesome. I love that for you. It's not necessary though. You can still have a cake, which is the employee journey. What's it like to get the work done at your company? Is there tool bloat? Is it clear what the goals and how they ladder up to the company's greater mission? Is the CEO clear at your all hands? Are managers well-trained to have recurring one-on-ones that build psychological safety on teams? If not, you're basically bringing me a plate of sprinkles and you're like, why won't my employees eat this? And I'm like, you didn't bake the cake, buddy, but that's okay. Let's backtrack. When was the last time you sent a survey? And they're like, oh, my CEO won't let me, or I don't know how to send one, or I don't want to send one because I don't want to know what everyone has to say. If you want to unlock the next level of your career, you really need to go hard at uncovering and mending the flaws in your employee experience this year. Negative feedback is painful, but wading through the negative feedback, if you reposition it, I always say this, surveys set you free. The negative feedback are the answers to the engagement test. Reposition it in your head. Surveys to uncover the broken moments of your employee experience are the bedrock of your engagement strategy. You will drive engagement when you ask your employees the right questions. You prioritize against the employee hierarchy of needs. I have an episode on that because you don't work on everything. Otherwise, it would still be HR whack-a-mole and we're trying to stop that. Remember, you need to find the right mix of really showing your employees that you care about improving their employee experience. Get some satisfaction, joyful, surprise and delight moments. Sure. But remember that engagement is the outcome. It's what you get. It's always in flux depending on what's going on in the world, what's going on in every employee's personal life. But just remember that engagement is what you get. It's like the scoreboard. You don't yell at the scoreboard. You go play the game and you don't wear the fancy shoes, the fancy basketball shoes. Forgive my sports metaphor. I played sports. You go practice the game and you go have the hard conversations with your coach. Why do I keep going out of bounds? Why can't I hit my free throws? Why does nobody pass me the ball? Well, maybe you suck at playing the game. I've been giving that feedback earlier in my my basketball career. Don't yell at the scoreboard. Don't say, I can't drive engagement. I don't know what's wrong. Say, I need to figure out how to deliver a better employee experience. I need to find out ways to drive employee satisfaction, but it can't be your sole plan and road to engagement. It's not going to get you there. When you're asking your CEO for budget, or you're asking for more headcount, or you're explaining to managers why you're asking them to have recurring one-on-ones with their team, remember, you always tell managers what's in it for them. When you're explaining things to people, you need to use the proper terminology. And when you're lying awake at night and you're like, oh, I'm so bad because I can't drive engagement. No, no, we don't yell at the scoreboard. We don't yell at a plate of sprinkles. 
we say, have I done the hard, messy part of optimizing our employee experience? If you are just answering people's questions all day because you all get interrupted so much, oh, how do I log into my 401k? I'm buying a house. I can't find this thing on the internet. My cat died. My manager's being mean. Like, oh my gosh, it is hard enough for you all to think straight. So how do you know what to work on and how do you know what's going to drive engagement if you're not sending out your surveys and figuring out what your employees want? And I can't tell you because it's a unique puzzle for every company, but I can tell you that when you find out what your employees want in your industry, working under your leaders, under your company's mission and your company values, watching your all hands or town hall or whatever meeting you're having, when you find out what's broken or messed up about those experiences and you fix it by surveying again and saying, did we fix it? And they say, yeah. Or they say, no, you should expect to get surveys that are like, you missed the mark, but at least they're talking to you. That's a lot more than what most companies have. But when you find the unique things and isms about your company to fix, and sure, send them some Grubhub gift cards, reimburse their gym membership, cool, buy them a book that they're maybe going to read or use chat GPT to be like, what's this book about? I need to attend this meeting. When you do those things, but put a lot less emphasis on the satisfaction part, the whoop-dee-doo fireworks show of, aren't we great? We take such good care of you. Here's a gym reimbursement, but we don't really know that your meetings wander and there's no point and there's no pre-work and nobody's really been trained how to properly debate and teams are intimidated by this one person who just shows up and emotionally body checks everyone who disagrees with them. We call that a brilliant jerk and we don't tolerate those in the workplace. That's another episode that I haven't recorded yet. But when you figure out what those moments are and you go get that stuff, that's when you're going to make the progress. And that's when you're going to sleep at night. And if your CEO's like, how are you going to drive engagement? You can say, actually, against our last survey results, in order to drive engagement, we need to optimize our employee experience. We do that with these survey results against what employees said. And I mapped this to the employee hierarchy of needs. This is what I'm working on first. And your CEO is going to be like, oh, okay, you got a handle on this. Grasping these concepts is going to earn you respect and employees are going to feel like you've got a handle on it. They're going to be like, that person does it all. And you're going to end those sleepless nights wondering how you're going to drive engagement this year. I don't want that for you. You need your rest. You need your REM sleep. You do enough, but it probably feels like a lot. Your wheels are just spinning and you're just kicking up mud and you're like, dang it, I care so much. And you push on the gas even harder and the mud flings even more and you go nowhere still. And it's because you're probably not thinking about your approach to what it's going to really take to move the engagement needle. You can't throw sprinkles on a plate and give it to people and be like, aha, happy birthday, here's your cake. Because people are going to be like, you're a jerk. Guess what? That's what employees think if you throw them a book club or whatever. And then you're like, why aren't you engaged? Don't quit. They're like, you don't treat me well. You're only one person. You don't know how dynamics are on a team. You have to ask. You need to focus on your employee experience. Now, here's a nuanced, tricky ism. Did you know an employee can be satisfied but not engaged? So think of it like someone could be really happy with their salary, with the perks that you offer, but they don't really care about going above and beyond because the way the work gets done is still a little busted. So you're basically like a spoiled lapdog. I don't really like these people, but they feed me the expensive dog food and they like pet me and they like push me around in a stroller and I get to bark all day. (laughs) So you don't want to just go hard at the satisfaction part because... That doesn't mean people are going to care deeply about the work. An employee could also be engaged but not satisfied. 
So think of this like an employee may not be thrilled with their pay. You might be underpaying them against industry standards, or maybe it's a startup and you gave them a bunch of shares and they're like, okay, I will pour my heart and soul because I believe in what the company is doing and what this product is and who we're solving problems for. And I will tolerate this for a while because I believe in what we're doing. They believe in the company mission and the future, you know, the vision of where the company's headed, but they could be kind of annoyed at their lack of benefits, perks, or competitive salary. So just because someone's satisfied doesn't mean they're engaged. And just because someone's engaged doesn't mean they're satisfied. Listen, if no one ever breaks this down for you, how else are you going to know? The holy grail of HR is that you have a great employee experience. Employees are satisfied with the perks and the the other fun whoop-de-doo things that you can throw at them. And then they are engaged. So they also go above and beyond. So now that you know what all these terms are, what's the difference, how to use them, they're not the same. You can catch people when they try to say something helpful, which that's all they're doing. Assume positive intent always, but there's a way for you to really position yourself as a leader who's got their stuff really dialed in when you say, oh, I think what you mean to say is this, but yes, yes, I agree with you. And what you mean to say is this, always do a yes and never say no, you're wrong. When you're talking to executives and you're trying to advocate for more headcount or your CEO's like drive engagement, you can say, yeah, I care about that too. I want the long-term scalable success of this business. I'm also on the hook for these things to get to where you and I both want to go, which is an engaged workforce that's profitable and scalable. We need to make sure that we deliver a good employee experience. Right now at my current headcount, I can't commit to that. Let's discuss a budget and what it would look like to prioritize our people first, because when we do that, the revenue will come. If we go revenue first and don't take care of the people, the inevitable will happen. We could get a hockey stick growth initial couple quarters, and then it's going to tank. We have to take care of the people so that they stay because turnover is expensive. When you can throw these terms around correctly, your CEO is going to be like, so glad, so glad I hired you. Okay. I also have a script for you to ask for more budget. You can reach out to me for that. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes as well. But now you know the difference. You know how to think about each one in your strategy for driving engagement you know you should feel comfortable hearing people use it incorrectly and positive reframing them. And you, when you're laying awake in bed at night now, if you're like, how am I going to drive engagement? You go, silly. Christy said, I need to focus on delivering a better employee experience. That's what's going to drive engagement. And then you go to sleep because you need to rest. I have never met a more lovely industry that cares so much. And sometimes you all are burned out yourself. Oh, hey, Rosie, you coming on the show? You haven't been on in a minute. Make sure you take care of yourself. Driving engagement is not impossible. That's why you need tools like WorkLeap. You need tools to help you go faster. You need to automate. You need to scale, essentially. You can implement what I'm saying, but you also need to factor in the software in your tech stack. That's why I say you need to advocate for budget. You can't onboard every single person that comes through the door and give them the same experience. You can't make sure that managers are holding one-on-ones and that they're good. You don't know always what questions to ask in a survey. You could really use some templates. Your org chart should update no matter if someone leaves or joins the organization. Performance management shouldn't be done in Google Sheets or an Excel spreadsheet. It should be in a tool that makes sense that's easy for employees to use. You shouldn't have to remind your employees to take surveys. It should happen in a tool they're already using, like Teams or Slack, to say, hey, you still have a survey here to take if you want to. When employees see you do that, they're like, oh, I'm being hunted down. When a tool like WorkLeap does it, 
it's not so scary. And employees are like, oh, we're using this great tool because they care about us. 2024 is your year to understand the semantics of engagement like we just reviewed, but also to make sure that you have the right tech in place to help you go faster, do more and make a greater impact and really drive the engagement needle in a meaningful way this year because the technology is usually what's missing. But knowing why and how is why I bring you this show. Technology doesn't solve people problems. Nope. I think we all know that. When you know how to use technology and why you're using the technology, then you can solve your people problems. This show, in addition to a tool like WorkLeap, is how you deliver a better employee experience in 2024. So check out WorkLeap.com. I'm so happy and thrilled to be a part of a larger suite of tools that can help you deliver a better employee experience so I can deliver even deeper on my promise to you that driving engagement is hard but not impossible. And I really hope you join my online community engagement academy because that's where a lot of people in roles just like yours are having conversations just like this. And you can talk to people other than me. Of course, you can talk to me. You can message me anytime, but you can find other people in roles just like yours or people above you who've seen this go well, or they have answers to problems that you're experiencing for the first time. You can find a mentor, you can ask questions, and you can just be exposed to a larger community of people who are doing the same things as you. You're not crazy, and you're not the only one trying to figure this out. So thank you for listening. I hope this one-on-one semantics course that you just took with me was helpful. Christy Williams is coming on next week to talk about when to scale your HR department when, why, how. She's a good friend of the show and one of the first guests I ever had on. And she's going to be a part of the five-time guest club because she's so great and she's such a wealth of knowledge. And a lot of you have reached out to me to say, she messaged me back. And I'm like, I know, she's that awesome. We're going to talk about headcount on the HR team. It is time to get comfortable asking for more headcount because you deserve it and you need it. And she's got experience with this. So we're going to talk about that next week. And as always, thanks for listening to the show. If you have any questions or something that's keeping you up at night, send me a message on LinkedIn and I will make an episode about it. Take care and I'll see you next week.